You're listening to audio from Redwood Baptist Church. If you need any more information about us, go to www.redwoodbaptist.org. We hope and pray the message that you're about to listen to will strengthen you, encourage you, and make you more like Jesus. Blessings. All right, Romans chapter 10, verse 14. That's where we're going to look at this morning. As we conclude our series, Sharing Jesus, I hope that this has been a help to you. Uh, And I hope that it has reignited in you a desire to be what God has called you to be, his witnesses, and and that now that you see your relationships, your opportunities a little bit more with weight, a little bit more, um, knowing that uh, Jesus has given us this mission to continue. Uh, So thank you so much for being here and being a part of the series. We're going to wrap it up here this morning. Uh, But as I said before, Last week, I gave you a joke, and the, the week before, I gave you a joke, and I know you guys are here 90% for wanting to hear the last joke uh, that I have this morning, all right? And so, I'm not going to let you down, all right? I wrestled. I'm just kidding. But I, I have this joke for you that I told my wife, and again, she did not think it was funny. And so, it's going to be funny this morning, and hopefully we'll get three, 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 um, three jokes in a row out of the way. But here we go. The joke that I want to talk to you about is about a man who needed a job, all right? Anybody in here need a job? Okay, good. So this man needed a job. He was out of work, and he heard from a friend that the local zoo was hiring, okay, the local zoo. So the man put in a resume, and then he got to meet the boss, and as he was sitting there with the boss, the boss begins to explain the job to this man, and he says, look, we've been looking everywhere. We have a crisis going on at the zoo right now. Opening day is coming up in a couple days, and one of our biggest attractions is the gorillas, okay? But our gorilla, unfortunately, died, okay? And now we're not going to be able to to get a gorilla uh, fast enough over to to open up the zoo for the opening day for the little kids to come and see because the gorillas are our biggest attraction. So we need you to do one thing for us. We need you to dress up like a gorilla, Okay? We have this suit for you, and we need you to dress up like the gorilla because we don't want to lose anybody at the zoo, and it's our first day, and we know the kids will be excited. The man says to the boss, well, I've got nothing to lose. I have no money. I need to pay my rent, and so, yeah, I'll dress up like a gorilla. And so his first day comes, and he gets there really early, slips into his gorilla suit, goes over to the cage, and gets into the cage. It's uh, before the break of dawn, and he begins to do some different types of Uh, things, uh, trying to look like a gorilla, act like a gorilla. So he eats some bananas and he tries to climb the trees. And now it's opening day and the kids are coming through and the kids go over to the gorilla exhibit and they see him. And man, he's just doing some great things. And the kids are amazed at this gorilla. The parents are like, wow, this has been the best gorilla we've ever seen here at the zoo. He's doing cartwheels. He's doing backflips. He's doing all these different things that are like, wow, this is an extraordinary gorilla. Well, the weeks go by, and it's just been awesome. People love going to the gorilla exhibit. The boss gets all these great reviews, and so he meets with the guy, and he says, look, you've been doing a great job, so I'm going to give you a raise. You've been, being, you've been doing a great job being the gorilla. Everyone loves you. He says, oh, awesome. So he continues to do it in the next weeks, but oftentimes what happens is if anything new, it begins to die, right? And so he's been doing the same things, the same flips, the same cartwheels and nobody likes the gorilla anymore they're like he's doing the same thing he's so boring so the boss goes to the man and says look you got to do something different or else I'm going to have to fire you 
because you're not getting any more traction over there. So the man thinks, okay, I can't lose my job. And so he decides, you know what I'm going to do? Next week, I'm going to climb up a tree and swing over the lion's cage. And that's going to invite a lot of people over. So he climbs up the tree. People are all surrounded. And he starts climbing and swinging. The kids are going crazy. And they're like, wow, he's swinging over the lion's cage. And he swings some more. And he's having a great time. But the rope that he was swinging in broke. And he fell into the lion's cage. He gets up and he starts screaming. He starts running around the lion's cage and he begins to yell, help me, help me. And then all of a sudden, the lion pounces on top of the man and he whispers in his ear and says, shut up or we'll both lose our jobs. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that was a better one. I felt like last week was, yeah, this week was a lot better. Good. All right. Good. Almost three for three. All right, anyways, yeah, so if you need a job, just, yeah, uh, hopefully the zoo isn't hiring, but, but yeah. And so, as we continue here this morning, we're going to continue with this. Uh, In the first week, we talked about embracing our God-given mission. Jesus said to his disciples before he would leave that you will be witnesses, And when you and I accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, when we place our faith and trust in him, simultaneously, we become his witnesses. It's so awesome because there's no, in a sense, um, there is no uh, testing for that. There is no um, real, in a sense, requirements. You have to be a certain somebody to be a witness, except for being a child of God. But everybody's on the team right away. And you get, to be part, you get to be part of the great mission that he puts out for us to reach people with the gospel. And we talked about embracing that. We talked about reigniting that in our lives and saying, you know what, this is what we need to do. We're plan A to reach the world. And then after that, we talked about last week how not only, is, not only do we embrace the mission of God, but since he's given us a mission, he's also going to equip us for it. He's going to give us what we need to accomplish the Great Commission, and the two things that he gave to us, the greatest resources that you and I possess is the power of the Holy Spirit and the means of prayer. Those are the two things that God says, this is what you'll need to reach the world, the power of the Holy Spirit and the means of prayer. And as we wrap up this series, let's look at ways or different ways to share Jesus. So we talked about that embracing, we talked about the equipping, And today we're going to talk about the engaging part of it. So now we have everything that we need to share Jesus. So here's some different ways that you and I can share Jesus. You and I can interact. You and I can engage in. Let's look at Romans 10, verse 14. Let's read this. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? When we see this, we see that there is a part of sharing Jesus that is needed, and that is for us to share it. How can they come to faith that they don't hear? So that obviously means you and I have to share it. We have to speak the gospel. We have to share the gospel with people. We know that we need to share Jesus, but the question then is asked, and how can we do this? Another question is asked, is there just one way to share Jesus? Is there one process? Is there only one method? 
And I'd like to make this statement this morning if you're taking notes. The message of Jesus will never change. But the method of sharing Jesus will always change. The message of Jesus by grace through faith in Christ alone is never going to change. But yet God gives to us the opportunities and abilities to share the message all different kinds of way. And that's awesome. That's exciting. And I hope you see that as, wow, we don't have to go through just one way to share Jesus, but there are multitudes of ways to share the gospel. There is no set way of sharing Jesus because the people we meet are all different. We will meet people with different struggles. We will meet people with different perspectives, different upbringings, and yet the people of God are also different in their own right and gifts and abilities. What I love about knowing that God has called us to the mission is that he wants to use you. God, God, God uses people to reach people. And what that means is, is that you have some specific, unique abilities, personalities, sometimes quirky stuff, all right, about you that he wants to use, not discard. So that means this, that you are in the game, that you can be a part of sharing Jesus. I know for me growing up, sharing Jesus was more about a set time on a set day during the week. Bringing people to decisions in five minutes over rehearsed script of the gospel. Okay? I grew up knowing that there was a soul winning time and you had to go to the soul winning time and, and all that. And I'm not saying those things are wrong. For some people, they need structure in their life to do that type of thing, right? But what I see in scripture here is that Jesus is not wanting us to have just a set day of witnessing. He wants every day to be a day of witnessing. And when we see that, the witnessing part becomes part of our life, not a part of our life. We don't look at witnessing as this one box we have to check off. We look at it as our life all together, okay? And so I remember growing up, and that was kind of the idea, and it's not wrong, and some people need structure like that. But Jesus wants us to see every day as a day of witnessing. And so this morning, I want us to see from the Bible and different examples from the Bible of ways to share Jesus. And some of these ways, you might really be like, well, that's me, or, oh, I can do that one too, or I can adopt that one. And some of you are actually going to mix into a lot of these. Some of you are going to have multiples of these, and some of these are going to be ones where you're like, I need to work on that one because I think I can get into that one. And so we're going to look at six. Is that okay? Six, six ways? All right. I, know, I promise you it won't be long, okay? Six ways. So number one, here's one way of sharing Jesus. Number one, proclamation. Declaring the absolute truths of God's word in an authoritative, non-judgmental way through teaching or preaching, okay? We see this style used by Peter in Acts 2, chapter 2, verse 22 through 32. If you want to take your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 2. Let's look here at Peter's style, which he proclaims the gospel. Acts 2, verse 22. It says this, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel 
and foreknowledge of God ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is my right hand, and that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the way of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me speak freely unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God hath sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to his flesh, he should raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Verse 31. He, seeing, his, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So we see here in this style that Peter was proclaiming the gospel in a setting that had multiple people. He was kind of like those street preachers today that would go on the corner of the street and preach the gospel, and yet that was their style, and that was the Peter style. If we were all honest, we think of Peter as the one who had the loud mouth, right? He was ready to talk. He was ready to say something. And what's so awesome is that when Peter is under the power of the Holy Spirit, his loud mouth, his, his unafraid mouth, his bold mouth would be shaped by what the Holy Spirit would say. And he would take Peter's personality and use it as a weapon for the gospel. That's so cool. God didn't tell Peter, hey, tone it down, man. No, he said, look, I'm going to use you, but let me let the power of the Holy Spirit shape what you say and how you say, but I love the passion. I love the passion. And that's the proclamation, okay? And Peter goes about and he, and he speaks this way, and there's several other people in the Bible that we see that do the same exact thing like the Apostle Paul. We see Peter. We see Jesus proclaiming the gospel. And yet even today, there were men who God raises up to speak to large crowds of people with power to proclaim. I think of Billy Graham. Man, a man who spoke to thousands of thousands and thousands and millions of people in his lifetime, but yet God gave him that gift to proclaim Jesus. That was the way he shared Jesus. That was his gift. That was his opportunity. I think of Ray Comfort, that guy as well. He would be on the streets talking to people, proclaiming, being able to talk to them about the Gospels, the ins and outs, with a fearless, bold, unashamed approach, and it's awesome. And then we even have our own missionary, Brother Garland, who does the street preaching. How cool is that? Now, street preaching is not for anybody, all right? It's like a gift. It really is a passion, and yet God uses our own missionary, Brother Garland, to do that work, and it's awesome. There are going to be people who need the proclamation of Jesus. They're going to need people who need that. And yet we see here that this is one way how to share Jesus. Number two, we see conversational. We see a conversational style. Utilizing casual conversation to introduce people to Christ and his truth. We find this example displayed to us by Jesus 
when he speaks to the woman at the well, when he talks to this woman about water, okay? So if you would, take your Bibles, turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. This is pretty amazing. We'll look at verse 5. It says this, Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Verse 6, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied of his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. Jesus starts the conversation. He's tired. He's been walking for a while. He sits down, and there comes this woman. There's a lot of significance to this story, but what we're going to talk about is just the conversational side that Jesus did, that Jesus had here with this woman. He said, sir, I'm thirsty. Can you give me some water? And then look, as we, verse 8, For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Man, the conversation is now rolling. Okay? And then it says here in verse 10, Jesus answered, said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Wow. Look how easy Jesus in that conversation just what weaves spiritual truth into a practical thing of them talking about water. Raise your hand if you like to have conversations. Raise your hand if you like to have conversations. I think all of you do. It's okay. You can raise your hand. Yeah. Um, A lot of you guys like to talk and we all have that gift to talk conversation whether that's social media or whether that's right there in front of another person. Who's experienced somebody who conversates way too long? Raise your hand. You're like, I know somebody who if I talk to them, I'm not leaving for like 40 minutes, right? All right, is, are they in this room? Point them out. I'm just kidding. You like to have conversations. I like to have conversations. And yet we find here that Jesus throughout the scriptures would conversate with people. He would use that opportunity to weave in truth, spiritual truth. I think I was talking to Ed, Ed's back there, Ed Elgin, and we're talking and we're talking about sharing Jesus and how that conversation is really key. And there was a person that he knows who, who naturally would talk about God in his conversation just seamlessly. So he would talk about, man, the, the day's so beautiful, and the guy would the guy would respond, Yeah, God's great, right? Just gives us a great, beautiful day. Which then for most people triggers like, okay, what do you mean by God's great and he gave us this day? And then boom, now. There's this weaving in to talking about Jesus, talking about the gospel. What's so awesome about this is that you and I have been given a mouth. And it was like already God knew this is one of your best tools. You love to do it anyway. You love to conversate. So now how about we use this to talk about me? Christian author Jim Gillespie said, every conversation is a ministry opportunity. Every conversation is a ministry opportunity. We all love to converse. We love to talk. We love to chat it up. And yet conversation, if we look at it with real weight to it, is a built-in mechanism, once again, given to us by God to use to share Jesus. We are his mouthpiece. We are his spokesman. We are his ambassadors. Paul would do the same thing. The Apostle Paul 
would do the same thing. I love Acts 17, 17 says this. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. The Apostle Paul would reason. He'd conversate. He'd talk and say, so what do you mean about this? What do you mean about that? Let's talk about this. That was, you know, Paul at Starbucks having conversations with those who would be there, getting waiting for his iced venti latte and then talking about Jesus. That was a plug, so you know that I like ice venti lattes, okay? So, now understand that not every conversation will be a conversion. I think we have to understand this. But every conversation can nudge that person closer to Jesus. Your conversations don't have to be a home run. Your conversations can be one conversation that leads to a another conversation that can continue to another conversation. So let's not bear the weight of trying to convert somebody right away. Let's just trust the Holy Spirit to take our conversation and to plant that seed. So that next time we talk to that person, hopefully that person will, under, will remember what we talked about. And we continue to talk and continue to talk and continue to converse. You don't have to convert them. You just have to start the conversation. Now understand that we do not bash people over the head also in our conversations. I feel like sometimes the church has had that bad rep. And not, this is not every church. But I feel like sometimes we take an evangelism and bash people over the head with hell. And we bash people over the head with calling them sinners. Now here's the thing. Those things are true. We are sinners. You sitting in, the, in this pew today, you are a sinner. And so am I. And those who die without Christ, those who haven't put their faith, will will go to a place called hell. But these aren't things that we need to tell people and uh, things that we need to tell people with animosity or condemnation. We need to tell people these things with compassion. Jesus said, I've come not to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be what? Saved. Jesus looked at people with what? Compassion. And when he spoke about hell and he spoke about sin, it was with a tone of compassion. And so you and I, let's not take our evangelism to beat people up with. Let's take our evangelism to show the love of Jesus. And so your conversations, my conversations, let's filter them through the love of Jesus. Number three, so not only do we have a proclamation, not only do we have a conversational style, but number three, a testimonial style. Testimonial style. Relaying from one's own personal experience the great things God has done. Man, if you've been in church, if you've been around Christians for a long time and you have talked to each other, some of you guys have had some amazing testimonies of how you've come out of darkness into light, how Jesus has brought you uh, from one place to the other. We've done gospel stories here at the church where we've been able to look at people's lives that are miraculously changed and how the gospel works in their life. And yet these testimonies are stories to connect with people. We all struggle in different ways, and yet our stories of coming out of that will help us connect with others who are going through the same thing. It is awesome to see testimonies or hear testimonies of people who come out of addiction people who tried so many other things, but once they tried Jesus, they come out of that. How awesome 
is that. People who come out of addiction, whether it's drugs or pornography or it's, um, um, or it's um, all different types of different addictions that people come through. But to know that there is those testimonies that can speak are another tool that we can use to share Jesus. Look at John chapter 9. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 11. We're going to read this. And we're going to see this testimony of a blind man. Verse number one. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Verse three. Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents Here's the key, but that the works of God should be manifest in him, made manifest in him. Your story is already going to be used to share Jesus. This man was born blind, but one day would come to know the healing of Jesus, which would then be turned as a story to share Jesus. So when God saves He saves you with a story that you can continue to tell and continue to tell and continue to tell. And that is another way of sharing Jesus. There's one testimony that I always like to go back to, which is to me is miraculous. And that's the testimony of Lee Strobel. Anybody know who Lee Strobel is? Okay, Lee Strobel, yeah. Lee Strobel was a journalist uh, who studied in journalism and law And he gives this testimony of how his wife became a Christian. And yet Lee Strobel was an atheist, a devout atheist, didn't care about God. But yet his wife began to go to church and she got saved. And it was kind of weird. And he began to think like, man, my wife has like gone off the deep end. She's all talking about this Jesus guy and and all this changed her life. It almost ruined their marriage. But Lee Strobel decided, you know what, I'm going to put I'm going to see if this Jesus is real. And so this atheist, Lee Strobel, begins to investigate the claims of Jesus, that Jesus rose from the dead, that Jesus healed people, that Jesus was the Son of God. And throughout that investigation, he comes to a conclusion after it's all said and done, and he realizes that you would have to have more faith not to believe in Jesus than to believe in Jesus. And he comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And now he is one of the biggest uh, authors in, in, in writing Christian books and in apologetics. And it's amazing to know the testimony of Lee Strobel, which for many people who think evidentially, who think about evidence, who need evidence, is another story to bridge for those who think that way. You think about Doubting Thomas. He needed evidence. And what does Jesus do? He says, here, here. Jesus isn't afraid to give you evidence. And it's awesome that Lee Strobel would come to Jesus in that fashion. His testimony now bridges with other people who need evidence. Great story. Now here's number four, friendship. We're almost done. Friendship. Forming relational bridges to communicate the gospel. Jesus would display this by dining with sinners. We know Pastor in his series a couple weeks ago would talk about this and I'm not going to spend too much time on this because of that, but building friendships with sinners. This has actually been a convicting thing for me 
who do I know and who am I friends with that don't know Jesus? It's so easy to put yourself in a bubble with Christians and feel safe and secure. But yet you and I are called to reach those, right? We're called to be witnesses, and yet we should have friends who are sinners. We should invite them to eat. We should invite them to come to our houses. We should invite them to our events. We should be praying for them. We should be kind and caring and thoughtful. They should be our friends. Now understand, as we went through what Pastor talked about, that we accept them, but we don't affirm things that they do. Um, we accept them 100%. And yet to affirm, not to affirm what they do is actually to be very loving. And so you and I, we don't treat these people like projects either. We treat these people with passion and compassion to love them, to see them come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. We, we treat them with care and concern. Luke 5, 30 through 32, but their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples saying, why do, you, do, you, do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answering said unto them, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus was the friend of sinners, and you and I, that's another way we can share friendship. Number five, invitational. Invitational. Now, I know invitational, okay? Let me read this part. Uh, inviting family, friends, and acquaintances to social events, service projects, where Jesus and his gospel and truth are introduced. Oftentimes, invitational gets a bad rap, right? Because it's like this idea to where we can just invite and then hide, okay? Invite, hide, invite, and hide. But there's an effect, too, of invitation, okay? You may not be best at speaking. And oftentimes, you all dreaded the class called public speaking class, okay? Who took public speaking in college? Anybody? Yeah. And you're not really good at public speaking. But an invitational style is another way we can share Jesus. And we see this also at the woman at the well. She says in John 4, 29 through 30, Come and see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? And guess what happened? They went out of the city and came unto him. This woman just said, Come and see. She didn't go, all right, listen, um, God loves you, point one. Um, you need to get saved, point two. No, she said, come and see. There is this man who told me everything. There's this man who changed my life. Come, come and see. You and I have that opportunity to just say, come and see. Come, come and see. Verse John chapter 4, 39 through 42 and many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two days. And many more believed of his own word and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Man, this woman, all she did was invite. And what happened was, these people came out, they got to talk to Jesus, Jesus conversates with them, tells them, and they sit down and they talk about life and they talk about the things of life, and yet he gets to the heart of it, and yet they come out saved. All because this woman said, come and see. You and I have that opportunity to say, come and see. There's this one statistic Research shows that 60% of Americans say a personal invitation from a friend or neighbor 
would be very or somewhat effective in getting them to visit a church. Sometimes you just need to say, come and see. And then finally here this morning, service. Demonstrating God's love by doing practical acts of service with no strings attached. John 13, 12 through 17 is the story, uh, is the account of when Jesus would wash the disciples' feet. Verse 12, so after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me master and Lord, and ye say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, ye ought also to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. I love how Jesus at the end, you know, oftentimes we think about service as like this dreadful thing. I don't want to do it. I remember messing around with the teens when I first came here and I said, look, our first teen activity is going to be called the teen clean. We're going to clean the church, okay? So that's going to be our first activity. And none of them really liked it. Why? Because the idea of it is to work. Nobody likes to serve, okay? But Jesus gives us this model to serve. He gives us this model to wash feet. And yet at the end of it, he says, happy are ye if you do them. Jesus is saying, when you serve, there will be happiness. When you serve, there will be joy. And yet when we serve the world around us without expectation, when we serve those who aren't Christians, that's, that's something phenomenal for them to see because they're not counting on you to step out of your own comfort zone. I think if we're all honest, we are all self-centered some way. And yet the gospel calls us to take our eyes off of ourselves and to look at the needs of others. And so when we do that, when we give of our time, when we give of ourselves to people who don't know Jesus, that is another way of sharing. Yet this is all modeled by John 3.16. For God so loved the world he gave. When you and I understand that when we serve, we are loving people, may that love then motivate us to give. To give, to give. Jesus so loved the world that it produced in generosity. You and I, when we share Jesus, need to give of ourselves generously. For God so loved the world he gave. We're going to do this thing soon. I, we're coming up with the design with these awesome little cards that are called Rack, Random Acts of Kindness. And that's another tool for you to use to share Jesus, to do something out of the ordinary for somebody. And I believe if we just get out of ourselves for a minute or two and jump into another person's life, that could be a difference. And so this morning, I hope that this series have expanded and broadened your desire to and hope in personal evangelism. It's been great to refresh ourselves in the call to continue the mission that Jesus started. And I believe that God can and will do a great work in and through our church, in and through you, that if you and I would yield to the Holy Spirit, that you and I would, have, uh, would be uh, surrendered in prayer, I truly believe that God can do a work amongst us. 
and that maybe somebody might be sitting next to you in Sundays to come. And I really believe he can. Man, I'm excited for next Sunday. Who's excited for next Sunday? Food Truck Sunday, right? Some of you don't eat this whole week, and you'll be very excited, okay? And so we're looking forward to some awesome events coming up. Food Truck Sunday, Easter. What a great opportunity you have to step outside of the box to invite somebody, whether that's in a conversation, whether that's your friends, whether that's you sharing your testimony, whether that's you inviting them. We have many opportunities. If we think about your evangelism, and I'm finished here, God has given us everything to win, to be obedient. He has definitely outweighed it for us. And I believe that if we trust him, we can. We have a mission and believe this, that God is still on the move. He still wants to move in life. He still wants to save because he's a mighty savior. And let's pray.